The Pitchsider. Pitchside for every game. Hello and welcome back to the Pitchsider podcast. This week is a little bit different. As we mentioned last week, this is a pre-recorded show. Sit back and relax and let us reminisce and talk about what's happened over the last month. And let's get into it. So welcome back to the Pitch Rider. Hope you have had a very good week. Any news that will be breaking over this weekend? Any news from this weekend will be in the next podcast, so stay tuned for that. But this week, we want to take a little bit of a break and just talk about some of the big issues that is happening around in the Premier League. So we've got four main stories we're going to talk about today, some a little more in-depth than others. Um, We're going to start off with the European Super League that started to raise its head again this week. We're going to talk about the Man City FFP Premier League rules breaking and their charges that they've uh, received. We're going to get into a little bit more detail with that. Uh, We're going to talk about how Chelsea have, have, we think, have got around their issues and hopefully we'll avoid this. And then we are going to finish off with... Liverpool, um, maybe why they're not doing as well as many people have hoped. So, as mentioned, let's start with the European Super League. So this week, a new proposal of the European Super League would has been proposed. Um, so the new look European Super League would be a competition with no permanent members and be based on the sporting performance. Uh, the A22 Chief chief of Sporting Management, a company founded around the revamp of the European Leagues. Um, the It was originally backed by 12 clubs um, back in 2001, but it, as we all saw, it dramatically failed. And a lot of the Premier League teams that were in it have pulled out. Um, there's still a number of clubs in Europe that are in it, notably Juventus and Barcelona. Um, The original plans back in 2021 contained 12 teams, 12 founding members, three unnamed clubs that expected to join later, plus five clubs who would qualify annually based on their domestic achievements. Arsenal, Chelsea, Liverpool, Man City, United and Tottenham backed out of the project within 72 hours while following widespread condemnment. Real Madrid, Barcelona and Juventus, however, are still pushing for a European Super League. The new conduct would contain 60 to 80 teams, each guaranteed a minimum of 40 matches per season and continue to play in their domestic leagues. Uh, A22 did not provide any more specifics on the format. In December, UEFA and FIFA received significant backing in their bid to block the creation of the European Super League. Um, in the report released by the European Court of Justice, it said the rules of football's European and world governing bodies are compliant with the EU competitive law. So my opinion on the European Super League is it's basically trying to be what many people maybe want the Champions League to be. Um, a lot of the bigger clubs want to be. Obviously, with the Super League, there's a lot more money involved than the Champions League. Uh, a lot of these clubs that are, a lot of the clubs threatened by financial ruin are in these club are in this, especially around Barcelona and Juventus. 
However, the European Super League, the reason why a lot of people condemned it last time was just the way it was going to be. These clubs are picked out of the domestic leagues and they just then played football against these big games. It played, you didn't get smaller European games. You got the big teams versus the big teams and the best players in the world versus the best players in the world. A lot of people didn't like this um, because it ruined the domestic game and it meant that clubs like Chelsea would obviously get a lot more money and still be able to compete in the league with loads of players and it would ruin it for the clubs like middle table, um, like we've got in the current Premier League, like Fulham, Brentford, who are doing really well and wouldn't be able to compete with this because of the financial money that was involved. So it looks like the new format would be opening up this to a lot of the bigger a uh, lot of teams now, um, with especially of eighty teams being involved. Um, but I still a lot of t- people are probably against this the way they first went around it, and the revamp of the Champions League is coming in in the next couple of seasons. So it'd be interesting to see how that works. But it looks like the European Super League is trying to make a comeback. Whether it will, we will keep you updated on it. But don't I wouldn't really like to see it make a comeback. Um, obviously, different, slightly different format to number four. So it'd be interesting to let let us know a little bit more about that. It's a competition that most people probably wouldn't like. Um, a lot of clubs are moaning that they are playing in a huge number of games. So if I had another competition like this, um, it seems that every team playing fourteen games um, as a minimum is going to add a lot more to busy schedules that are already jam-packed so whether this where would this fit in um this would completely destroy the prestigious champions league and europa league and it i don't see this really getting any traction um and probably will carry on for a number of years as it is at the moment keep popping up and down and then eventually it will lose all back in and it will go back down in the woodwork but interesting to see where this will go um, but definitely something that we wouldn't like to see in the game um, potentially ruins it for some of the smaller clubs that are looking to especially grow especially around the Champions League and other European leagues. One of the biggest stories in the Premier League at the moment has been Man City um, we'll get on to them in a minute but let's first talk about Chelsea um, still one of the massive stories around. They have spent a huge amount of money last month, over £600 million on about eight, nine players. Um, and seemingly that they've now got a massive, Chelsea have a massive big squad. But a lot of people are sort of confused, baffled by how Chelsea can spend this money and get away with it. Um, especially with FFP around in the games and their regulations and how all of this works. Um, so I thought I'd take a minute to sort of discuss this and how we see it works and how Chelsea can potentially maybe get away with not doing this. Um, basically, if you haven't known, um, Chelsea have found a loophole in FFP. So basically signing younger players like Mudrick and Fernandez on eight-year contracts, it spreads the money that their transfer fee across a number of years. So if you have a player that's 
signed for 100 million and you spread it across for 10 years, it only works out in accounting terms as about 10 million pounds per year. Um, and that dramatically reduces the amount of your spend. FFP, FFP works that you can only spend above 10% roughly of your annual revenue. So for Chelsea, that's somewhere around five to 600 million. So Chelsea look to be on that balance. Um, obviously, everyone is paid in installments and all of transfer fees. So that's how it works out. And it's probably how Chelsea can carry on spending the way they did. Their accountants per year are probably quite small. Um, but it looks like Chelsea are getting near to that line. And there's a lot of players that probably need to be sold to be able to balance the books. Um, so we probably see in the summer a mass exodus of players. Um, a lot of players, big players, um, a lot of players that have been in the first team and have been replaced in this January window. Um, we'll probably see a few more big transfers come in, most notably probably a midfielder like Declan Rice and a big number nine. So it'd be interesting to see how that goes. Um, Chelsea are also looking for a new shirt sponsor after their deal with Free will expire and they want to make a lot more money from this to try and rebalance some of their revenue as well. So be interesting to see how this all works and how they can hope they can get away and get around sort of the FFP conundrum um, and maybe there isn't any rumours that anyone is looking into Chelsea and the way they've done their spending or anything but whether it's something that they can get away with for a long time um, it's a huge huge gamble and they are definitely tied down to these players for a very long time and will likely some of them will succeed and some of them probably will flop and fail um, and but they're signed to these contracts so that's where the risk some players could do really well some players couldn't do it that's probably why a number of clubs aren't actually doing this because of the amount of time they are sort of linked to but Chelsea's owners are very very rich so it'd be interesting to see whether any of those players do succeed, whether they do not, and how this will go. Um, and it'd be interesting to see what sort of accounting Chelsea are in about a year's time, see where this has affected them. It's definitely something that is interesting to look into. If you like very in-depth in football, it's very interesting to dig around this and just have a look and see what all the clubs are sort of spending I mean, Chelsea, if you take the five, five leagues combined, Chelsea are the highest spenders and probably spent all of that, all of the clubs to put together amount of money. So it'd be interesting to see whether they can get Champions League football. Um, obviously, being in the Champions League is a massive, massive deal, um, especially for a club that has spent the amount of money that Chelsea have to try and rebalance the books. For every pound that's made for the Champions League, if you aren't in it, you're making about 40p. Um, so it's a big, about 60 pound, 60p per pound made makes a massive difference over half of your spending for that year. So it's definitely, definitely something that Chelsea should watch out for and looks like they should be a bit careful carrying on. But um, UEFA did respond to the way Chelsea have been acting um, and have set a limit to 
amount of years you can spread transfer fee over the um transfer fee over the contract you can only go up to five years now where Chelsea were around eight or nine years per player so Chelsea, these players that Chelsea have signed won't be affected by this rule change as it comes in from the summer and affects players that have signed in the summer so it may tear Chelsea off um, from spending a lot more money but that's one of the biggest reasons why they signed Fernandes in January rather than the summer because they can spread it over eight years rather than five so it makes a massive difference in a contract and a fee like they have paid for for Fernandez. Um, it'd be interesting to see in a number of years' time whether they will be investigated, whether they will find out that something is slightly wrong, dodgy, like um, has happened at City, which we will now get on to. Following on from Chelsea, Man City who had a massive big investment like Chelsea have around the same time, uh, have got a lot of money um, and have done very well, successful. And But with money comes a little bit of a scandal. Um, and if you can't prove where this money is coming from, it will always lead to the Premier League and UEFA stepping in. Um, and it was confirmed this week that Man City have been charged with over 100 accounts of FFP, financial rules. Um, They've been charged by the Premier League for breaking financial rules over nine seasons, which accounts to about 100 different breaches. Um, And it spans between the years of about 2009 to around 2019. The Premier League statement that they released says, in accordance with Premier League rule W. 28.1 28.1 the Premier League confirms that today referencing a number of allegated breaches the Premier League rules by Man City Football Club to a commission under the Premier League rule W3.1 um, effectively that means Man City can't really prove or haven't got a valuable source where a lot of their money come from um, a lot of their money has come from sponsors from the UAE, sort of that area of the world, um, when there is a lot, a lot of money um, come from like their owners and they've got sponsorship deals and the accounts basically don't add up. What they provided doesn't really add up. And this has a serious, this is a serious, serious events for Man City. Um, if you're a Man City fan, um, this could be very, very worrying. Next couple of years, next year could be very worrying. It is now probably going to go down to a... This has been going on for about a year or so. Um, Man City were obviously charged and were not found guilty under UEFA. And they were potentially being banned from the Champions League or kicked out from the Champions League, but it's never found out and it was overturned by the Supreme Court. And but they now have been charged by the Premier League, which is different to UEFA. They it will now probably go into more of a independent view, and it will now be subject to an independent commission to see whether their scores, whether the breaches are correct or not. Um, but as I mentioned, this is going to have this could go on for a number of years. The reason this has come out um, 
both the Man City and the Premier League would like would have wanted to keep this more secretive. But they it went to a court to get a judge's ruling and the judge published some of her findings in this because they she believed that it should be it is in the public interest to know. And yeah, this has then come out. The Premier League and Man City have had to make statements and this is how everyone's come on. But this has been from a four-year investigation. As I mentioned, there's a number of sanctions um, that could be given to City. Um, one could be a massive fine. Uh, for City, this wouldn't be an issue as they have very rich owners. It will probably be something they pay off and that's it. But um, if you, if they are found guilty of this, many football fans, w- football fans would like to see Man City more punished and because they have won a number of trophies. So another one could be that they get their trophies taken away um, and given to whoever came second place. So a lot of the Premier League trophies will go to Manchester United and Liverpool because they finished second in their seasons when City won the league. Um, they could also get a point deduction like Juventus did. Uh, so Juventus obviously got minus 15 points, which has a massive effect. Um, and if it was to carry on this season, it would almost hand Arsenal the trophy. Or the most severe one would be a relegation from the Premier League. Now, I have heard rumours that a lot of clubs are pushing for this if Man City are found guilty of their charges to be relegated from the Premier League, which means they will be removed from the Premier League and put into the Championship. Obviously, with their players, they'd come straight back up. But some of the sanctions of their buy-in players will not be recognised and these players will effectively... Contracts will be terminated and will be free agents, so they will go to a number of different clubs, um, especially if they do get relegated. A lot of these will probably not want to play in the Championship especially players like Haaland, Kevin De Bruyne, they're at the top of their game. They want to be playing football in the Champions League and competing for the best trophies in the world. And unfortunately, however good the championship is, it is not up there with the best competitions. So it'd be interesting to see how City get on with this. Um, Our view from the pitch side is they're... It will definitely be interesting to see what comes out of this um, and some sort of form of sanction may be needed if they are found guilty. Um, but Pep, Pep Guardiola has come out today, so as a recording, this is, this is Friday, um, he has said that he is staying at City. Um, he believes that the owners have never lied to him. If they were found guilty, he would leave the club because they would have lied to him. But he is staying on because he believes that they have been telling the truth and the Premier League's findings are incorrect. So it would be interesting to see where this goes um, and definitely something we will keep you updated on the further this goes. Um, But obviously this can go on for a number of years and the sanctions can come later on in a couple of years time um, so it will definitely be interesting to see how far this goes um, and yeah but this is also a big sort of showing for other clubs like Newcastle and Chelsea 
obviously have a lot of money behind them nowadays. And any new owners that comes into the Premier League um, and it's just showing that they can't not comply with these rules um, if you are rich and have money. But it'd be interesting to see how this will. And a number of clubs like Newcastle and Chelsea will be following this very, very closely, as will the pitch cider. Uh, so finally, we want to just touch on Liverpool. Um, they they're very struggling at the moment. They're coming off the the K are coming off a three sort of three games lost, um, a couple of them by three nils, and they're definitely not they're not teams that they should be losing to. Liverpool should be up there competing for a title, not sent sat in tenth halfway through the season. Um, one of Liverpool's biggest issues has been sort of up front um, and their midfield has been an issue. Um, they are, given some sort of fairness, they are going through sort of some sort of like injury crisis. Um, they have a number of players that are sort of injured, not fully fit. So this will definitely have an effect on their morale and how they are doing as a club and just to go through their injury absences um, Thiago Silva has a groin uh, Thiago has a groin injury Canate has a hamstring Diaz is a knee Firmino has a muscle injury Van Dijk has a muscle injury Arthur has a thigh injury Jota is injured and also Fabinho has a virus these are very key players for them. Um, a number of them are up, are in all three sort of positions. So they are struggling with at the back with only sort of one sort of most senior centre-back with that being Matip being fit. Obviously, they would normally have Van Dijk, who's a massive big solid rock at the back for them. Um, and they're having to play players like Nate Phillips, which definitely will make them struggle. Um, they're not as very good defending now um so they would normally rely on sort of outscoring the teams with their sort of attack but a lot of their injuries as i mentioned are around their front with diaz firmino and jota all being out um key players for them and sort of a attack which they have an attack which normally is very strong scores a lot of goals um and would win the game they're missing their key players that scores the goals. Um, they have never looked the same without uh, Sadio Mane since he's left. Um, he definitely, when Mo Salah wasn't on form, was definitely their man, key man to go to. Um, and they they looked like they had a strong sort of an attack once they had Diaz join the team um, last season. But they've made a number of changes. Um, they brought Darwin Nunes and Gapo in. Uh, I think we're yet to see the best of Galapo and obviously um, Nunes, but Nunes has been struggling to get goals. Um, he seems to be sort of the next Timo Werner of the Premier League, so it'll be interesting to follow his career. Mo Salah doesn't seem to be his usual self. Uh, he's only got seven goals in 20 appearances this season in the Premier League, so it's a bit dry for him. Um, he's obviously having better success in the Champions League, but It'll be interesting to see where they go. Um, and you don't 
yeah, Liverpool are very struggling, especially mid-table teams um, where they would normally get their points from. They're very drifting. One of their main issues is their midfield. They need a revamp of their midfield. They have aging players with Henderson, Milner playing in there. Um, Fabinho is their sort of solid rock in the middle and obviously him not being fully fit has an effect as well. Uh, and it's not, not the best to be not the best situation to be a Liverpool fan. Um, you would have ruled out them getting Champions League football now. Their only hope is to do well in the Champions League, and they've been drawn against Real Madrid in the coming weeks. So it'll be interesting to see how that goes. Um, but on their current form, most people would bet they would go out and their season would be over. So whether Jurgen Klopp can turn it around, it'd be interesting to know. Um, obviously, he's in his seventh season at uh, Anfield and whether it is time for him to go um, most Liverpool fans will probably give him to the end of the season see if he can turn it around um, there's a number of managers out there that Liverpool could get with Zidane and Pochettino both available still um, but it'd be interesting to see how he can turn it around obviously not buying many people in January didn't help um, and with all of their crisis all over the pitch it doesn't look good and the future looks very bleak to be a Liverpool fan. Um, but be interesting to see whether they can turn it around. Um, just a few players coming back from injury will really help them, especially Van Dijk and Fabinho. Fabinho um, and some reinforcements up front would also not go amiss. Uh, so that's wraps up this podcast. A bit shorter than normal. Um, no news, no games to talk about. Um, we will be back uh, next week with a full podcast, which will include Champions League games. So exciting to get back to football. Hope everyone has, has had a great week. Um, and we will see you next week with a full roundup of what's happened in the last two weeks of the Premier League and Europe. So thank you for listening and goodbye. For all the latest news, transfers and football articles, check out thepitchsider.com. It's the place to be. Contact us on our socials. Instagram and Twitter is at thepitchsider. Or via email is thepitchsider at hotmail.com.